Hi, Dan and Shannon here again with Inside Strategic Coach. And today we're going to talk about something that is really core to all of our work with our entrepreneurial clients, and that is intentionality. And Dan, you're someone who is incredibly thoughtful about, well, almost everything. In particular, you've given a lot of thought to the importance of intentionality and the difference that it makes for people. Mm -hmm. So how would you like to start this conversation about intentionality? In explaining intentionality to myself, it's that I try not to go into any situation without being clear what I want as the best end result of being in the situation. You know, it really doesn't matter what it is. I do this on free days. So, for example, before I go on free days, I always use my favorite tool in Strategic Coach, which is the Impact Filter. And the Impact Filter is the great intentionality muscle builder in Strategic Coach. I mean, people tell me, they say, if if somebody took away all the tools you have in Strategic Coach, which one would you hold on to? And I said, well, as far as tools go, it's the Impact Filter, but the number one concept is unique ability. Unique ability. So I have a concept that I would want to have as a starting base to create a whole new future. And the first one is unique ability. But as far as the tool that would actually allow me to develop my unique ability, it would be the impact filter. And for those of you who are not completely familiar with the impact filter, it's a one sheet document. And we also have it as software. It's on the tools that every entrepreneur gets sooner or later in the in the program, but it basically simply has you make everything into a project. So your future consists of projects that turn out really, really great. And then it asks you three questions. What's the purpose of the project? What's the difference that the project is going to make? The importance of it. Number three is what's the ideal outcome that you would like to have? And you answer those three questions, and it's writing. And I'm a great believer in writing. I believe the human brain really takes your writing hand seriously. And therefore, my feeling is that we may be in a period of time when children are not taught to write, and I think they're going to suffer from not being able to write. And there is a difference between handwriting and typing. I notice myself because I'm a writer and I type, but when I'm doing intentionality. I tend to use my right hand, which neurologists from the University of Toronto told me that the dominant hand has more direct connections to your brain than any other organ in your body. And if you think about it, it's the development in humans of the opposable thumb, which is really the differentiator between them and the rest of the animal kingdom, the size of our hands and the dexterity that we develop. It's the building hand. Dolphins are really smart, but they can't strike a match. You know, they, <laughs> they, they can't pick things up and everything like that. And I think that it's the great differentiator. So more of our brain is really devoted to that direct connection to the opposable thumb on your dominant hand, right-handed or left-handed. One of the things I really notice is that when I write things down, my brain really takes it seriously. It's a rule that I have is never to write down anything negative. And the reason is you're programming your brain with that negative thought. So I never write anything negative. I never 
put negative thoughts into writing. I might think them, but I never put them into writing because it's like programming and you're programming your brain with that. So I always tell people if you write a negative anything, send it to yourself, don't send it to the person that you intend it for. And then there's a trick. My creative director, when I first came to Toronto, I came for a job in a big ad agency and my creative director would write these furious letters and have them typed up. Then he'd put it into an envelope with a stamp on it and he'd seal it. And then two days later or three days later in the mail, his negative letter came back to him and he opened it up and he'd say, I'm glad I didn't send that. (laughs) But I don't even go that first step. I don't even put it in writing. I may think it, but I don't write it. And what I've learned over the years of coaching, the impact filter has really been I would say the repository of all my thousands of hours of coaching with thousands of different entrepreneurs that if there was one planning tool that would actually produce the greatest, most positive, most breakthrough results for you, and you could think it through in about maximum a half hour, what would that tool be? And I worked on it for years and years and years. It came out gradually as the impact filter. And what the name is that you're filtering out everything from your thinking except the actual impact that you want to happen as a result of your getting involved in this situation or you're going into that circumstance. It might be a meeting. For me, it might be coming into a podcast session like this. It might be writing a new book. It might be preparing for a new workshop. It might be an interview where I'm being interviewed. And I always spend at least a minimum of 15, 20 minutes doing the impact filter and say, I'm going in, I'm spending time. This is going to be multiplied beyond me when it's finished. What's the impact that I want my contribution Joe Polish, who is a great personal friend and the greatest, I think, personal and professional friendship that I've developed since I've started the coaching program, he said that you can squeeze more learning out of any experience of any person I've ever met in my life. And we actually had a podcast on this, and I said it's because I do impact filters. And then another question on the impact filter, and this all relates to intentionality. I'm just giving the actual thinking process that makes you the most intentional person. I have a rule that in any situation, the person who has the greatest intentionality always wins. And by that, I don't mean that other people lose. It's just that the most intentional person always gets what he or she wants out of the situation. So there are no disappointing situations and there are no disappointing experiences. It's almost like rehearsal and practice of a future situation. If you were an actor, you would rehearse. If you were a player, you would practice. And they're doing that because they have an intentionality to succeed, whether it's showtime or whether it's game time. They have a very clear picture of what it means to win in that situation. And so any situation I go into, I'm very, very clear up front about what winning means for me in this situation. That's great. So after purpose, importance, and ideal outcome, Mm -hmm. is that the whole thing or is there more? Yeah. And then there's two questions. What's the worst possible result if you don't prepare for this? 
and I write down a worst-case scenario. I come out of it feeling drained. It actually sets me back, and I, I'm very vivid in writing. Actually, I scare myself with some of the worst possible scenarios, and in my mind, I said, there's no way I want this negative result to happen, and then I flip it, and I do the best. And the best is an emotional thing, so the first three questions, purpose, importance, and ideal outcome are more rational things, but when you get to the worst and best, it's highly emotion, and you need, in order to be highly intentional, it's got to be fully intelligent, and it also has to be fully emotional. You have to really engage your emotions. And so I'm really pumped up when I go into the situation. And then the third part of it is, you know, I've really sold myself that I want it, but how am I going to measure the success? There's a part of the impact filter. It's actually got eight boxes, essentially called success criteria, and that what has to be true if this is really successful. And I'll write down as many points. When I'm finished this situation, this has to be true, this has to be true. And these are very measurable. They're very detailed, very, very small. And then, Shannon, when I'm finished with that, I can tear up the piece of paper and I could throw it away and it wouldn't make any difference because my mind is fully prepared. And the thing is that I don't try to make the situation go in any way other than when I'm finished, I'm going to have the success that I've actually predicted for myself. So I find that by doing this preparation ahead of time, that I actually am very flexible in the conversation and I can flow with the circumstances and everything else because I know by the end of this experience, I'm gonna get what I want out of it and I'm very, very clear what I have to get out of it. So. I'm responding to the situation. I'm not reacting to the situation. If you go into any situation unprepared, you're thrown into complete reaction. But if you're very, very intentional, you're responsive. In other words, it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to turn it into what you intend. It's very creative. To me, it's kind of fascinating that because you are so invested and clear in your end result, and I love what you said about being fully intelligent and fully emotional, when you combine those two things together, you're sort of unstoppable, yeah. I think, is how that comes across. In, not in a forceful way, but simply you're just so invested. And that means you can be very flexible and responsive, as you said, about how to get there. Whereas I see a lot of people who aren't necessarily clear on the end result that they're looking for, but they're very married to a very particular way that something has to happen, which really isn't great for teamwork sometimes. It really gets in the way and doesn't facilitate other people having different ways of contributing to make that result happen. Yeah, and what I've noticed, again, differentiating between reacting and responding, as I've gone along more and more, I'm a great believer that life consists of events and it consists of responses to events. More and more as I go along, I've lost all, what I would say, motivation to try to control events because I think that there's just vast amounts of complexity that the world throws at us that we have no way of controlling. But as far as responding to events, regardless of what they are, that's something I can work on at all times by simply increasing my intentionality. What I mean by this is that I think it's arrogant to think that you can control events, first of all, because the world outside of us is 
complex beyond our comprehension and always will be. And other human beings all operate according to different intentions. But if I'm very, very intentional, I'm going to find in any situation the maximum possible teamwork with other people. The difference is that if I'm not using intentionality to create the future, then when I get into the situation, I will try to defend the past that I'm bringing into the situation. I will try to defend my current belief system. I'll try to defend my current level of capability. I'll try to defend my current level of status, and I'm totally reactive. And therefore, unpredictable events will always be a threat, whereas if your attitude is intentional and you're geared just to responding, unexpected events are going to be an opportunity. And I think there's a huge difference between things being a threat and things being an opportunity. That's a very fundamentally different way of thinking about it. But there's something very powerful and empowering about looking at everything, every potential situation as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think you can see it for what it really is, rather Mm -hmm. than, as you said, defending something that you had before. And that, to my mind, it goes back to your word that you used earlier, which is creative. Mm -hmm. I can be much more creative in the moment. But again, you have to really set that as a target for yourself to be responsive instead of reactive. Yeah, and you know, in Strategic Coach, we have these four qualities that we set out for our team members that if you're going to grow in coach, it's going to be because of your increased alertness, your increased curiosity, your increased responsiveness, and then your increased resourcefulness. Well, all four of these are creative activities because you're not imposing yourself on the situation, you're participating in the situation, but you're bringing in a clear understanding of what you intend to get out of the situation, regardless of what happens, regardless of who's there, regardless of what transpires, which is all unpredictable. But regardless of any of those things, you're going to utilize them to create the intended results for being there. Well, I'll give you an idea. In my life, I've gone through operations, surgical operations, I use the impact filter to set up what's going to be the best possible experience of going through the operation, which is in a hospital, where during the operation itself, I'm not there, (laughs) you know, because of general anesthesia. But what I have come down to is that surgery is an extraordinary example of great teamwork among people with unique abilities. Their intention is that it's going to be successful. Their intention is that whatever is the best health and fitness outcome from the operation, they want me to have it. And therefore, my intention as a patient to go in is that I'm going to be a team member with the surgical team. So I'm going to make, from my standpoint, insofar as I'm the patient, I'm going to make this as enjoyable experience for the surgeon, for the surgery team, for the anesthetist, for everybody involved with it. And I'm going to come out with the best possible attitude towards recovering and get better as fast. If I'm in for a couple days and they come around to see me, I'm going to make them feel really good about the unique ability that they applied to my case. And I find that, you know, I've been on floors where other people were clearly just reacting to something extraordinarily frightening and disagreeable, and they burdened the situation with their 
negative reactions rather than enhancing the situation with their creative responses to the experience. Well, and Dan, I've had fewer, but I had knee surgery, and I was exactly the opposite of you, (laughs) unfortunately, where I I actually did really see it as a threat, and I haven't had much experience in hospitals. Mm -hmm. It was scary, and I don't like medication of any kind, and I could not wait to get Mm -hmm. out of there, and I was not a pleasure for the nurses to deal with. So I've learned a lot from your attitude about that. And seeing it as teamwork, which is something Mm -hmm. I'm very committed to, is a real plus. And to see yourself as a member of that team is such a great way to shift that way of thinking. I have another question I want to ask you, and that is that how important is it for an entrepreneur to be intentional and to communicate their intentionality to their team, to their clients. How important a skill is this for entrepreneurs? Well, it's everything simply because nobody forced you to be an entrepreneur. This is a total choice. I mean, if you're an intelligent person and you're talented, there's more than enough jobs working for someone else out in the marketplace. You could have taken that route. But you chose to depart from the more normal, conventional way of earning a living, of having a successful life, and you've departed from that. So you have to take 100% responsibility that if being an entrepreneur is an unpleasant experience for you, that's nobody else's responsibility. It's strictly your responsibility. I tell the entrepreneurs, 95% of your problems as an entrepreneur is that you actually haven't taken 100% responsibility for the choice that you made to be an entrepreneur. And you're still searching for a way to blame things on other people because opportunities are not being given to you. Financial security is not being given to you. And I said, you departed from that a long time ago. There was a fork in the road and you took the path least traveled. Once you choose to be an entrepreneur, nobody else is responsible for anything that happens to you in the future. And therefore, what goes along with 100% responsibility for being an entrepreneur is 100% intentionality about the results that you want to get out of every entrepreneurial situation. And that means vast amounts of teamwork with other people. If you had a bad day, remember you're the one who created the bad day with your lack of intentionality about what you actually wanted to get out of the day. Nothing is given to you by the world if you're an entrepreneur. It all has to be created out of your intentionality. You just made it so crystal clear that intentionality is really at the heart of someone's success or happiness with, with that. One of the things I love about using the tool, the impact filter that you've talked about, because not everyone feels that necessarily strong feeling of capability at the beginning of an impact filter, is that I get clearer on my own thinking as I go through and answer the questions. First of all, we have the four C's model as a way to break through in a successful way in any situation, especially situations that scare you. The four C's are you're committing. Well, the first part of the impact filter is the commitment. And then you have to go through a period of courage. And the courage is really, really defined by the worst case scenario and the best case scenario. I mean, even in the 30 minutes that I'm doing an impact filter, there's a period when I'm going through it where I'm sensing the fear of what this looks like if it fails. And I'm telling the truth about what that would look like if it really failed. And then I'm switching and saying, yeah, but this is what the reward's going to be if I succeed. But that little period is a little period of anxiety and discomfort. 
And then the success criteria is you're defining what the new capability is and you're defining the higher level of confidence. So right built into every impact builder is the complete closed loop circuit of the commitment, courage, capability, and confidence. You always feel transformed after you've done an impact filter. You were scattered, you were uncertain, you weren't clear, and then 30 minutes later, you're feeling totally committed, you're feeling exactly what the payoff is going to be, and once you're in touch with payoff, you won't procrastinate on it. I find I can do an impact filter, and within a matter of days, maybe weeks, The exact result that I put down on that sheet of paper always comes true. I will say this, Shannon, it doesn't always look like what I thought it was going to look like because the future never does. (laughs) But it's always better and bigger than what I had before I did the impact filter. So I'm I'm a master at this. And what I noticed since I really dedicated myself to the impact filter and being 100% intentional Something has disappeared from my life, and that's blaming. Hmm. I just don't blame anything or anybody for anything that happens to me anymore. And the reason is that they're mutually exclusive universes, the world of blame and the world of intentionality. To the degree that you're blaming, you're not intentional. To the degree that you're intentional, you can't be blaming. They exclude each other. My intention is to go through the rest of my life, which from my 156-year lifetime extender, I'm not even at halftime yet, I would have a goal of going through the entirety of all my remaining days with never once blaming anyone or anything for anything that happens to me professionally or personally in my life. I would like to have a blame-free future. That would be a very profound byproduct. I like that. Before we leave this topic, I want to touch on one other thing, and that is the impact of intentionality, and particularly the impact filter, on team members. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I'm really aware of, because that's my tribe, that's who I really am passionate about is entrepreneurs and their teams, is what a difference it makes when they bring back a communication tool like the impact filter and hand it over to their team If you're the make-it-up person, this is what your team needs in order to make it real and to make it recur. And so many times, entrepreneurs have these great big visions and these great big ideas, and they say them in the hallway, or they pull together people in a meeting, and then everyone leaves thinking they heard the same thing, which they clearly did not. And then the entrepreneur goes off thinking something's happening, or they forget about it or decide another idea is better and the team was still working on the first idea. And then there's this disappointment that happens as a result of this lack of entrepreneurs like, that doesn't make sense anymore. And the team's like, I just invested three weeks in this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it saves so much pain and adds so much clarity when this can be a part of how entrepreneurs and their teams work together. I have a rule regarding this that in my company, I have two rules regarding intentionality. And that is any idea that I just talk about, just out open, you know, hey, maybe we should do this or maybe we should do this and here's a good idea. So I've told my team and everybody I work with, anything that I just comes out from the top of my head that I'm talking about, you can completely ignore unless that idea shows up in the form of an impact filter that's addressed to you. Okay, but then I expect you to take it 100% seriously because I put a lot of thought into it. I'm totally committed to it. 
and I'm totally intending to get this result. So I freed my team up from wondering or guessing what Dan has on his mind simply by taking 100% responsibility for telling them exactly what I have on my mind with measurable results and the complete context of why it's so important, what the differences it'll make, what the ideal outcome, and what the worst result, what is the best result. So that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is where team members would like me to be involved in something, whether it's a meeting or they would like me to do something. I said, you'll get zero response out of me unless your request shows up in an impact filter. And I said, if it shows up in an impact filter, I'll take it 100% seriously. I'll respond immediately. But don't expect me to be involved in any of your activities unless you send me an impact filter telling me your intentionality about the whole project. And here's the interesting thing. This has happened to me three times in the last week where team members put a lot of thought, put it into an impact filter, and send it to me. And it's got to be the day before. Then they set a meeting to talk about their impact filter. They sat down with me, and they said, so what'd you think? I said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And they said, no question? No, I said, crystal clear. Let's go ahead and do it. Well, that's what I was going to say, Dan. I've had some of those meetings with you, not in the last week. I'll go through the impact filter with you. You're like, great, good. And that's the meeting. The meeting meeting. is so short. It can be literally a minute or less, which is so empowering. It's not this big, belabored conversation. It just increases the speed. And I'm all about velocity. And I find the team members, I always give them a two-day grace period when they get my idea because, you know, I'm a 10 quick start and they're not. Oftentimes they're law and fact finders or law and follow throughs because those are the skills that I'm completely lacking. So (laughs) I make up for them in terms of my teamwork, but people who are fact finders and follow throughs need to process what it is that I'm intending because they have lists, they have schedules, they already have things that have to do, and they have to come to grips with what's already on the go to consider my request. So I always give my team members a two-day grace period. They have to tell me immediately that they got the impact filter because I send them in PDF form. But the moment that the two-day mark, they'll come back and they said, well, totally get what you're after here. Would suggest that we approach it this way or this way, this way. And I said, good. Let's go for it. I'm only interested in the result. I'm not interested in the path to get to the result, but I've given them the measurements that says what it looks like when it's finished. And that is so freeing for team members. I mean, talking about the Colby profiles that you're referencing with the fact finder follow through quick start and implementer, it's how people strive. And we all strive very, very differently. And by giving that grace period and having that final end result, it gives people enormous creative teamwork freedom to help do that in their best way possible. Whereas a lot of times I'll see people try and dictate the process and not get the end result that they're looking for because it doesn't tap into the talent that's around them. Yeah, there's a conversation that I've had forever going back 40 years with entrepreneurs. They look at strategic coach and they say, you've got really great team members. I don't. My team members aren't good enough. And I said, is that the problem or their employer is not smart enough? I said, are they guessing all the time what your intentions are? Are they 
in the dark about what's really important to you? Are they continually kind of anxious about how their results are being measured and whether it's good enough or not? And they said, yeah, it's all the time because they're not good enough. And I said, no, you're not someone that good people can really work for because I said, none of my team members are ever in the dark in the least about what it is that I want done. And the reason because they have it in written form in the layout of the impact filter. And unless they get it in an impact filter, I don't expect them to do anything related to me. So I've created this very, very simple, very straightforward world where I'm never guessing about them and they're never guessing about me. And it frees up a lot of energy that gets wasted in a lot of entrepreneurial situations. Well, thank you, Dan. I love this concept because it closes a gap that I see between entrepreneurs and their teams all the time, which is painful to watch sometimes. And the better you get at it, the easier that teamwork Mm -hmm. and that collaboration becomes. So thank you. As a result of this conversation, I know I'll be even more intentional than before. And I look forward to hearing our listeners' comments on this, too, because I think it's a very relevant topic for everyone's business. Thank you, Shannon. 